Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Call. On this episode, I take a look at the two large homeless camps based near the banks of the Kalamazoo River and talk to some of the residents living there. The two camps, which have existed since April, have recently started to gain attention after a local Facebook group was created to help the residents. As of right now, material aid such as food, tent, tarps and clothes are being supplied by a growing amount of individuals and organizations. These two particular camps are on land owned by the city of Kalamazoo and the city have been provided limited support for some time. These two camps are by far not the only homeless camps in Kalamazoo. Others exist both in sight and hidden from view all around the city. However, the two I visited, to my knowledge, are the biggest and the most established. In this episode, you'll hear snippets of interview I had with various residents of the camps and to maintain their privacy, I've changed their names uh, in the story. After listening to numerous stories about how they ended up homeless and at these camps, it's clear that every single person has been failed numerous times by a broken system. They're victims of an institutional, not personal failure. However, despite this revelation being clear, one resident wanted to reiterate the point after the recorded interview. He took me aside and said, we're not bad people. I hope you see that. The first camp is on a seven acre brownfield site owned by the city of Kalamazoo, situated adjacent to the Kalamazoo River. According to a quick research, the site has never really been developed, but it was immediately behind an old power plant, now in classic Kalamazoo fashion, a brewery. The majority of the land, well, I mean, it's a brownfield site. It's shrubby, it's got some trees, it's got kind of an air of toxicity around it. Not pleasant land. You wouldn't want to live there. But around 30 residents live at this site. Some tents are clustered in established groups. Others remain isolated towards the outer extremity of the property. Around a fire, fueled by fallen branches from nearby trees, I met Jane, Paul, Blake and Rachel residents of the camp. Jane is in her late 20s and has been homeless on and off since the age of 18. She's seven and a half months pregnant and is currently in a wheelchair. The father-to-be, Paul, he's also homeless, as is Blake, Jane's brother. Rachel is older than the others and is referred to as the street mum. Rachel told me that she has cancer and has recently been diagnosed with dementia. I keep asking for help and you know, now that I've got dementia and whatever, I don't remember. I don't remember doctor's appointments. I, I can be gone a day and a half from my tent because I don't remember that I even live here. I mean, it, it's crazy. Rachel has been homeless for eight years after moving from a domestic abuse situation. The move left her isolated from her native upstate New York and hours away from her kids. Despite her illness, age and background, she is still on the waiting list for help. She blames the long waiting list times on the lack of affordable housing in Kalamazoo. This was an opinion shared by the entire group. We have all these condemned buildings or all these buildings that, that are empty. Or that they're putting up that, for people that, that have money. Be putting homeless people in. Yeah. 
they're building parking structures and apartments above it and stuff like that. I mean, rich, more, more of the rich people. Yeah. Hundreds, thousands of homeless people. I mean, look at that place that they built downtown right there by the library. That was supposed to be for all the uh, low income. That's high rate. $1,200 Rachel, Jane and Paul were involved with the Bronson Park encampment in the summer of 2018. The encampment was a protest to raise awareness about the lack of homeless resources in Kalamazoo, specifically the lack of safe overnight shelter space. Despite this camp providing a safer place for many members of the homeless community to stay, it was eventually cleared out by Kalamazoo Public Safety in September 2018, and the community built there was forced to disband. And then they finally came in Bronson Park and bulldozed all our tents and threw everything away. We had it looking like a freaking what? Like an actual encampment. There was a place for food, clothes, donations, all that stuff. We were getting, we grew bigger by the day. And the city More tents, wonderful everything. letting us be here. Oh yeah, we had security running through there, everything. We had people set up on shifts for all that Normal stuff. life things happened, but... We still managed to happens. Some moved to a city-approved campsite at an abandoned fire station on Cedar Street. Now, it wasn't too far from Bronson Park, but it certainly was out of public view. And surrounded by bars and on a hard, concrete lot, the conditions were described as inhumane by many who lived there. Both Jane and Rachel voiced concerns about the living conditions. And then they There's like an old, out there. That was the old fire yeah, but you know why they let us? Because we and are I call it, um, collateral damage. The building was even condemned. The building was seeping with asbestos. Yep. So well, of course, yeah, collateral damage. Less of us homeless people that you have to worry about. That and we were out of sight, out of mind for a minute. They kept trying to hide us from the city. They have similar concerns about their current camp being located on top of toxic ground. But of course they're going to let us be here. Collateral <coughs> damage. This land is toxic. It is. It's like um, causes chemical landfill or something. Causes congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. Causes cancer. Mood disorders. You know. But they're letting us be here. With the camp's proximity to an old power plant, a sewage facility, and on the banks of the less than clean Kalamazoo River, their concerns are well-founded. And if you're paying attention, that's three out of three city-approved encampments in less than desirable potentially toxic brownfield sites. I'll be honest, I didn't really bother to look at any legislation or funding changes that came out of the Bronson Park encampment. Um, It's clear that whatever was done wasn't enough. The second camp is located on about four acres and isn't too far away from the other camp. According to some old maps, it was the site of some industrial building that no longer exists and hasn't existed for a long time. There I met Will. Immediately he inquired about my accent and, you know, that's a query I'm used to. When I told him it's Scottish, he gave me a big welcoming smile and he told me that he used to live in Edinburgh as a kid. This camp seems to have slightly more tents and denser clusters. One cluster towards the end of the property is Will's. It's defined by a clear boundary of caution tape and wire. He tells me that anyone who wants to come in has to ask permission. 
This is his home. Can I come in? Thank you. Will is no so stranger your, uh... to being homeless or roughing it, and it shows. His camp is immaculate and organized. No doubt from years of experience from his army brat upbringing, military training, and years on the street. In this, uh, uh, two months here. Two months in this, uh, in this location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I just came back from Florida after being stuck down there for two and a half years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my truck broke down down there and, uh, took me two and a half years to get back. Shit. So, oh, yeah. Back. Yeah, that's what I said too, man. Yeah. Similar to the other stories I heard, Will's housing situation is unique to him but follows a familiar pattern echoed around the camps. Oh, every story is different, brother. Around me, it's being kicked out of houses and stuff, you know. I pay my rent, uh-huh. you know. Uh, but the thing is, two of the landlords were drug addicts. That was the problem. You know, um, you know, we all have our vices in the world, so it's fine, Dan, if you do your vice, but your vice doesn't do you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's just the way it is. But, uh, you know, some of it is the economy, some of it is lack of education, um, proper upbringing. And just like Rachel and Jane, Will thinks that the solution is clear. Give people housing and let them become part of the community. It's proven fact, if you get a homeless person stabilized, yeah. okay, a lot of their problems become less or go away. Yeah, you give them a house and then the addiction problems and all these things. They can attend to it, yeah. You give them a foundation to build up on. Yeah. Without that foundation, all your damn programs ain't going to work. You can take them and stuff them up your ass. It's a waste of damn money. Take that money and buy this piece of property here. Hire me and my brother, and we'll teach these guys how to build tiny homes, teach them a skill, a trade. Not a book learning, okay? We need trades out here. That's why all our stuff's going across. Yeah. Going, you know, big ponds, lakes, stuff. Like no, no, man. We need to teach them, teach them a skill. Teach them responsibility again. Because look, once they get done building it, they get to live in it. All right? And then you got to help maintain the community. Yeah. All right? While they're not working. And if they get a job, then boom. They, you know, once they get stabilized, they can go to their own apartment. So they can move out of that. The lack of affordable housing is a major issue in Kalamazoo, and it's one that's been recognized by both the city and Kalamazoo County. In November, Kalamazoo County voted to pass the Housing for All millage, and that will raise money for anti-eviction services, as well as the building of much-needed affordable housing. However, those are going to be years away, and people are homeless now, and it's not going to be enough. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the supposed leadership of Kalamazoo, the hypothetical figurehead, the one we look to for guidance in these trying times, Mayor David Anderson. Now, besides being mayor of Kalamazoo, he also is a landlord who owns a host of properties in his portfolio. And this is something that some members of these camps are aware of. We have said that this has been a contradiction all along with him, all right? He, he makes money of the homeless and Section 8 and stuff. All right, now isn't that a bit of a contradiction for his job as mayor? This is David Anderson, yeah? Yeah, David yeah. Anderson, yeah. Excuse me, but he's nothing but a fuck, all right? He has sat on the sidelines and waited his turn to sit in that seat, like Bobby Hopeless, like all of them. And you can see why people are frustrated. The reality is, Mayor David Anderson profits off the current housing system and therefore doesn't really have an incentive to change it. Now whether 
his decisions influenced consciously or unconsciously by this isn't important. And aside from this potential conflict of interest, David Anderson has shown a lack of urgency on this issue. In an interview back in May with WWMT, he highlighted that the city would have to, quote, find resources, or it really is going to look like the Great Depression. This was back in May. And the question is, what has he done since then? Well, let's find out. Let's find out what the mayor's done and uh, what the city commission's done to help the, uh, the homeless population and from, for to stop growing over the last couple of months. Let's, uh, first thing to do, let's go and look up the city commission minutes. Hmm. Weird. Uh, seems that the minutes haven't been updated for a few months. That seems illegal. Oh well, nevertheless, let's send Mr. David Anderson an email and ask him directly. Um, dear David, um, what have you been doing since May? Uh, do you even have any power? Uh, and even if you didn't have the power, wouldn't it be nice just to pretend you did and pretend you were at least concerned? Uh, please get back to me. Lots of love. The calms are call and send. Uh, we'll see if he gets back to me or not. If you, if you had like a message to, I don't know, the fucking leaders of Kalamazoo, the fucking county commission, governor, what, what would it be? What do you guys like just want, you know? Or Find somebody you can run that office the way it should be to start with. Second of all, attend to a problem that you're trying to erase and may go away. It won't. You're all one check away from being one of us. And that's God's truth right there. You all got your mortgage houses and your leased cars and dual incomes. 2.3 kids, 1.5 cats. When you lose a job, you lose more than half of what you have. It's all based on that. And all that stuff, that little money you're trying to put away for your future, ain't going to save you. Right? But hey, you'll be one of the first ones bailed, though. Seriously. What do you say to people who see, you know, homelessness as a personal failing? It's stupid in a box of rocks that graduated from the University of Phoenix. It's not personal failing. It's life that happens, okay? You know, I'm sorry. Um, life didn't happen to you the way it did to us, you know? Upper middle class family. Born and raised in the military. No drug charges. No drug problems. So, how did I end up out here? If you arrive to Kalamazoo by train, right in the middle of downtown, one of the first sights you may see when you step out of the station is the Gospel Mission. This homeless shelter, the largest in the city, is operated by Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, and according to their website, what began as a Depression-era soup kitchen is now a multi-campus, comprehensive ministry reaching those in our community in need of hope and healing. The gospel is at the center of our name and at the heart of what we do. We offer shelter, food, and a helping hand, but we cannot change a heart. Only God can do that. As you can guess, a faith organization running the biggest homeless shelter in town can cause some conflict. Many feel uncomfortable with the Jesus-heavy programming and the harsh rules that can punish those with mental illness and addiction problems. 
Similarly, there are stories of theft and neglect and uh, often it makes the, the mission a non-option for many, many homeless people in Kalamazoo, including Jane. Honestly, at this point, if it keeps me from sleeping in that disgusting asbestos-filled mission, I'd rather be outside pregnant, seizures and all. Yeah, we go fly a sign daily to try to make the money up to go into a room or whatever so we can get off the street. But it has to be with the money flow. I talked to, I talked to um, a lady at the other camp <laughs> who's seven months pregnant in a wheelchair. And she said that she... Yeah, pretty much over She said she would rather sleep outside than sleep in the mission. Is that something that you hear yeah. a lot? If you yeah. break one of the rules during the night, okay, yeah. the first thing they do is they put you out that door. That's what I heard. And it doesn't matter what temperature's outside. I heard other accusations of donations and supplies being misappropriated at the Gospel Mission, and I don't have the time and resources to really investigate those right now. However, what I can do, and what I have seen from some basic research, is a disrespect for the homeless unwilling to partake in the Gospel Mission's programs. And these programs are criticized for being heavily Christian-skewed. This disrespect can be seen back in 2018, when MLive reported the following. Gospel Mission Women Shelter Director Maureen Bess said that more than half the people who are homeless in Kalamazoo County have an entitlement issue. They would rather indulge in sex, drugs and alcohol on the streets than accept the structure at the Gospel Mission. Bess said, Some are the kind of people who would be given a stake and complain that it's too raw. When I asked the mission if they still stand behind these assessments of the homeless population, John Simpson, the Chief Operations Officer, told me that Maureen Best no longer works at the mission. He also said that, quote, we are reluctant to make generalizations like the statement below. It is our desire to meet people where they are at and to help them where they want to go. We are called to help each guest overcome their obstacles and to achieve their personal goals. It is our desire to be ready and available when a guest is ready to begin the journey. For those I met at the camps, the journey is a waste of time. It's ineffective programs based around a faith they may not believe. While many feel the camps are a better and perhaps safer option than seeking shelter at the gospel mission, it's still dangerous. Thefts occur regularly, and the camps are often patrolled and harassed by police. The police get scared when they see terrible people coming down here and spending time down. They will do it where they will wait until those people are gone. They almost know their patterns of what days to come. There's no world in here. Or they'll come through here at night with all their putting lights on. And then just, and just drive through here. Really? You think it's harassment? Like purpose, purposeful harassment? or? Uh, yeah. After dark... John's creep along the road, asking the women of the camp if they'd like to earn some money. This is especially worrying in an area ripe for human trafficking. And you got like assholes coming around here trying to traffic women and shit. Yeah. I mean, get my hands out. I don't care. Hey, Jenny, you want to make some money tonight? Yeah, they'll come to it now. They'll come down here and go, hey, man, you go to work out on the street. And they're like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Fuck you. Yeah, like traffic again. Yeah, yeah. A Facebook group, Kalamazoo Coalition for the Homeless, recently rapidly grew 
and is helping volunteers coordinate the delivery of material and food to the camps. However, there are some signs that help can hurt. A porta potty was dropped off but hasn't been cleaned for weeks, and the buildup of trash from donations can quickly spiral out of control and be used as an excuse to clear out the camps. There's also concerns among some about the privacy and safety of the residents at the camps with all this new attention. Some users have even been so reckless and given locations of other smaller and hidden camps to the public group of almost 2,000 people. Regardless, for those at the main camps by the Kalamazoo River, the help is currently appreciated. What do you think, what do you think about the support coming? I love it. I mean, these people are wonderful. They're, I mean, nice. they're regular, they're on time, so again, I always keep asking, you know, what do you guys need? But no one listens to us when we say what we need because we don't see that come down here. But we have people bring a tough boat. We have to go away. Everyone's gone through them. You know? Yeah. As simple as that. After talking to some of the residents of the camp, it's clear that the solutions are simple and the requests are reasonable. Give us a foundation to build from. A foundation in terms of a literal and figurative sense. Give people homes and an economic base. It really is as simple as that. Actually, man, I think there needs to be more like work, 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 a lot, a lot more work. Thank you. A lot more work? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, you're not getting ripped off for your pay when you get done with the work, you know? Yeah. No, like, better, better wages would be awesome for people because of the fact that they use them. They do use them. Instead of filling our fucking streets with drugs, probably fill them with job opportunities, man. Yeah. I'm not particularly well informed when it comes to the details of legislation and law how things are funded differently from a city or county, uh, who's responsible for what, I really don't care. All I know is the money and resources are there. And during this terrible coronavirus pandemic, while many are facing economic ruin and on the brink of homelessness, billionaires in this country have increased their wealth by $10 trillion. We should probably take some of that. The future of the camps are uncertain. Like the camps before them, it's likely they'll be cleared out and forced to move on by the city or encouraged to take shelter at the controversial gospel mission. Homelessness is likely to increase over the next few months. Currently, as of right now, December 12th, there hasn't been an extension on any eviction moratorium or any uh, rent forgiveness or any of stuff that would help people at either a federal or a state level. And if things continue come New Year, Eviction courts will reopen and many more will be displaced onto the streets and into camps like the ones found on the banks of the Kalamazoo River. The problem of homelessness is a national problem and it's baked into our very economy. The residents are members of our community who deserve shelter, support and a base to build on. However, for some like Rachel, diagnosed with cancer and dementia, she just wants a comfortable place to see out her last years. I grew up here in Calgary. You know, somebody here and I died in the river or died wherever. You know, it's it's been eight, little over eight years. You know, I deserve a place to live, and I keep asking for help, 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 and. I keep asking for help and I keep asking for help and I keep asking for help.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kalamazoo Call. A write-up of the story, links, and all the other information can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode, please share it and subscribe to us wherever you, you subscribe or listen to podcasts. And like us on all the social media networks as well. Uh, if you want to support the, the homeless camps and those homeless in Kalamazoo, I suggest start from the Facebook group and uh, link up with people who are already established on the ground. Uh, it's best you know, to, to pull our resources together than just go in and pepper them with aid willy-nilly without a plan. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you next time. Bye.